and it's not linear. It's more circular in nature where you develop a strong team who are focused on the customer, developing wonderful products, world-class products, and you have a strategy that pulls all that together. And if it was a circle or a square or whatever you want to draw, in the middle of it would be outcomes. Because remember, mm -hmm. I started with outcomes, then I said TCPS, and then I said fun. So you do the TCPS thing well, have fun while you're doing it. And more than likely, if you do those four things well, the outcomes in the middle of that square or whatever shape you draw can be positive. And not only positive, but I say exceed stakeholders' expectations. Welcome to the Rising Leader Podcast, where being a high achiever doesn't necessarily equate to being an effective leader. Let's check to see if you're in the right place. If you're rising through the ranks of your organization so fast that your leadership skills need to grow as fast as your responsibilities, you're in the right place. If it seems you need different skills to lead your team or lead from within a group of talented, competitive peers, you're in the right place. If you're looking to become a trusted advisor to the CEO, you are definitely in the right place. So now that we know that you're in the right place, enjoy today's conversation. Before we begin the show, I have something for you. The Rising Leader Handbook will be published in January of 2024, but you don't have to wait. Go to my website, www.markjsilverman.com and click the red button. There you can get an advanced copy of the executive summary of the Rising Leader Handbook. And in the same place, you can get a free copy of Only Tens. I'd love to hear your feedback. Now on with the show. So as you know, I am a rabid introvert and my peer group suggested that I join a business club to get myself out of the house because, you know, I'm as an introvert, I'm pretty much happy by myself with my dogs and my fish and I get to see my clients do a few speaking gigs and that's it. So they had me join this business group that I'm really enjoying. I'm meeting some of the best trusted advisors in the industry, peers with me. I'm also meeting CEOs and former CEOs that bring tons of value to the world. And I met one at one of the meetings and thought, well, what a great conversation we would have about what he brings to organizations. Henry Stever, as a principal at the Brentwood Advisory Group, brings 30-year track record of consistently realizing growth at four different public companies and three nonprofits. He serves CEOs and CMOs and helps them provide value both for their teams and for their customers. Henry, thanks for being on the show. Mark, it's great to be here with you today. Thanks for inviting me. And as well, it was great to meet you months ago at that business group that you joined. Glad to be, get you out of the house. Yeah, no, that, that, that's the whole point of it. It really isn't for business contacts. It's, it's, it's because if it's left to my own devices, I would stay in my home and be perfectly happy until I died. But that's not how, that's not how business is done. So I'm curious, when someone has a really good career, when, they, when, they're, when they're a CEO, when they're running businesses, when they have a track record like that, I'm always curious why they switch over to become advisors and consultants and help other people run companies better. Why did you make the switch? Mark, great question. I think about the answer in one word, scale. When you work with one organization, whatever your role is, you have one organization and you have hundreds or thousands of customers and members that you work with and for. But when you work with an organization and as an employee, you work for one company. And what I was thinking about when I was evaluating my career journey 
I was thinking about, well, how can I scale the insights and scale the impact that I've been so fortunate to have experienced over the last 30 years with many, many more people? And so I was fortunate to have been asked to join the Brentwood Advisory Group two months ago. And that invitation came through a fellow board member on a board that I was serving on. And he said, you know, we could really use your insights and experience in the not only the DMV, the District of Columbia and Maryland and Virginia, but nationwide, because we don't have people like you in our group. The Brentwood Advisory Group now has about 25 principals that collectively have nearly a thousand years of experience. So that's a lot of experience across nearly 20 different industries in about 15 different functional roles. So tremendous breadth. But they didn't have anybody that had significant nonprofit experience coupled with public company experience through the marketing lens and the collective tissue around those 30 years of, from my experience in different companies, et cetera, was consistent growth. They have wonderful M&A experts and financial experts and legal and all the different functional areas, but they wanted somebody who could help drive revenue growth and also non-financial growth with specifically with nonprofit associations and more specifically with nonprofit professional services associations in not only the DMV, but also across the country. So to me, Mark, great question. It's all about how can I scale my experience and impact with many, many more customers and teams. What is really important to you that, that you take from your experience and that you did well? What's really, really important for you to teach other business leaders on how to run their company? What, what, what if, if we put it, put it on your tombstone, Henry taught us this, and this was the lasting impact. We'll give you three things that I think, three attributes that I try to share with my clients, and I've shared them with my my teams over the years as well. The first one is outcomes. The second one is what I call TCPS, and we that's a four letters, and we can get into the TCPS. What does that mean? And the fourth, the third one is fun, because at the end of the day. If you're working for a company and you're not in your home like you are, Mark, most of the time, you're spending more time working than not working. And we're not here all the time. And I'm not going to go down the philosophical kind of faithful path. But at the end of the day, you want to have fun what you're doing. And I've been so fortunate to have had, I've been able to focus on outcomes, develop this TCPS model and have a lot of fun along along the way. So when I think about your question I think about those three things, outcomes, the TCPS model that I developed, and, and then having fun along the way. So it, it's actually the, TC, the TCPS model that I'm really interested in, but I'm curious about the fun piece. Now, I do, I do work from home, but that means I work all the time because I'm, I'm always three feet from my office. But how, how do you get people who are so serious and have such responsibilities to actually make it fun? Like, what, what do you bring to an organization to, to lighten that up? I'll be quite quite straight with you, Mark. Ask them what they care about. Showing empathy. It's not about when you're in an office, whether it's eight hours, 10 hours, whatever the number of hours are in a day that you're in an office, 
or even if you're virtual, virtually uh, connected, it's not about working all the time and saying, hey, Mark, where are you with this podcast? What are the next steps? How many have you done? How many listeners? You can talk metrics all day long. But most leaders never ask their team members, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you care about? What frustrates you? How can I help you? So I, there's a, a gentleman that you may have met him as well, Lyles Carl, who Lyles Carr, who's a senior vice president with the McCormick Group, which is a recruiting firm here in the district. And he said, we look for people with empathy, people with lived experiences that have showcased how they how they demonstrate their commitment to building teams. And my perspective around, and I know you were asking me about fun, but to me, it's not about having at the pool table and having a beer pong thing going on. It's about showing people that you truly care about who they are, understanding about their families, about their kids, about their partners, because we work and live in a very complex society and environment. And people ultimately want to work with people that they like, care about, and understand that they are genuinely interested in what they do, why they do, and how they can do it better. I love when guys like you talk, because again, the the shift has been slow, but it's now CEO after CEO that I interview, that I talk to, that I coach, understands that this is no longer a soft skill that's a nice to have. If you're going to lead a team, if you're going to run a company, it's just essential to get to know your people, get, you know, what they care about. Uh, what does Henry Roosevelt say? You know, People don't care what you know until they know that you care, right? So that's really important. The thing that I think is really kind of unique for you is this TCPS model that you bring to organizations. And now that, that's the that's the thing I'd like to talk about today. What what is this TCPS thing? Right. Uh, let me just give you one piece of uh, insights before I go to the TCPS. Sure. And it's around why I said outcomes because one of your questions earlier was what are your keys to success? How do you get there? I believe people naturally complicate the simple. Mm. And forget about what are you trying to accomplish? And frequently people ask me, well, how should we accomplish this goal? Well, the first step is to define the goal. And you've heard probably the, the, the smart analogies, the specific measurable achievable results oriented timely, but define the goal and work backwards. What are the key drivers to accomplishing that goal? What are the sub-key drivers in the who's, in the teams, in the partners, in the vendors, and suppliers? So, But thinking about it from an outcomes orientation first, and then working backwards. Because at the end of the day, my teams have heard me say a million times, what I really care about, besides you, because I do care about my team members, are the outcomes that you and your teams deliver. I don't care when you work how you work, where you work, as, least, as long as it's in a legally compliant manner hmm. and you're doing it in, in an accountable fashion with uh, your team members, but outcomes. All right, so TCPS, it stands for three, four simple words that you could write volumes about each one of them. T equals teams, C equals customers, P equals product, and S stands for strategy. So the reason I have them lined up in that order 
is because these outcomes that I was just talking about start with people and are created and delivered by people. And people, yes, you can call them teams and employees and staff, and but they're not just, the team is not just employees. They can be your board members. They can be your partners, whether they're corporate partners, philanthropic partners, or other stakeholders that you work with. So teams is a big group of what I call force multipliers. Because again, if you, when I was at AGB, we had about 70 people between the two companies that I oversaw, but we had thousands of people that we worked with. We had councils and we had board member force multipliers, but that's number one, teams. Number two is around customers. Those teams, I believe, should be relentlessly focused on deepening their understanding of the customer's priority. Okay. So that's the second one is the C customers just don't know who they are and what they are and what size and kind and all that, but deeply understand what these are. And you have to then apply what I call the STP mantra. So three other kind of words, segmentation, targeting, and positioning, because companies in an industry are very different. They can be large and small and public and private and nonprofit and government orientations. They also have CEOs and CMOs and directors of IT, and they have lots of different functionals. In each one of those segments and targets within the segments, need your products need to get be positioned, which is the third word, p- product. Now, product is a big is a simple word that means everything you do. It can be digital, it can be analog, it can be hard copy, it can be events, it can be a consulting practice, it can be a, a an executive search practice. It can be a lot of different things, but I'm just calling all that product because at the end of the day, customers engage with products, whatever they are. And those products need to address the priorities of the customers. So remember we started with Teams, the T, customers, and the teams need to be focused on deepening their understanding of the customer's priorities. And the products need to address those priorities. Mm -hmm. Now, the fourth one is strategy, S. Of course, with the, through the teams, focusing on customers, developing products, you need to have a strategy on how you're developing your teams, a strategy on how you're assessing uh, your customers' priorities, a strategy around how you're developing and delivering products and services to the customers through the teams. So at the end of the day, one might say, well, the first thing you should start with is the strategy. Well, I think you should start with the teams, the people, because remember we were talking earlier about what is kind of gets me jazzed in the morning. It's well, it's about taking care of people. Now I'm not a doctor, but I really do genuinely care about my, my teams and my people that I work with. And so I believe that kind of that flow, and it's not linear, it's more circular in nature where you develop a strong team who are focused on the customer, developing wonderful products, world-class products, and you have a strategy that pulls all that together. And if it was a circle or a square or whatever you want to draw, in the middle of it would be outcomes. Because remember, Mm -hmm. I started with outcomes, then I said TCPS, and then I said fun. So you do the TCPS thing well, have fun while you're doing it, 
And more than likely, if you do those four things well, the outcomes in the middle of that square or whatever shape you draw can be positive. And not only positive, but I say exceed stakeholders' expectations. So for public companies, they have shareholders and you want the shareholders to be pleased. And if you're a nonprofit, you have members or you may have philanthropic donors, contributors. So all these stakeholders, and if you're one other part that I forgot to mention is with nonprofit professional associations, services associations, you have these people called members. Mm. So whether you're public and have shareholders, whether you're private and you have customers, or whether you're uh, a nonprofit and you have members, they're all called stakeholders. And also your employees are stakeholders, your board members are stakeholders, your partners are stakeholders. So you want that, that TCP model, TCPS model, helps create outcomes that deliver that are in excess of your stakeholders' expectations. Nice. I, I really, I love the way you, you succinctly cre- created that. It's understandable. You can go in and you can actually address each one of the things, see, see where you're excelling, see where you have deficiencies and how you can shore it up. What kind of questions do you ask to see how you're doing with the teams? Well, the first question I typically ask is the, the CEO, and I learned this importantly from my experience, is what is how would you define your partnership with your board because the ceo board partnership is probably one of the most important relationships a senior executive uh can have develop and focus on and if you have any kind of peel the onion back the most important part of that board ceo partnership is the board chair ceo partnership because i believe and many others believe as well, a CEO has one boss and it's a one person and it's called the board chair. <laughs> yes, the board hires and motivates and incentivizes and evaluates the CEO. But I believe that that success starts with a strong board chair CEO partnership. And so that's the first question I, I ask is how's that partnership? Hmm. And a lot of people are kind of hesitant to even go down that path because they realize the board hired them and the board can do other things. The second question I get is, how can you help us assess my team's alignment around the outcomes that we are focused on achieving? Because whenever you have a group of people, whether it's two or three or 10 or more, the board typically might have 15 to 30 or more, Whatever a group of people, that group is not typically perfectly aligned. They may be conceptually aligned, but they may not be programmatically totally aligned. And what I try to do is I come back to this outcomes piece. What are the outcomes that we aspire? And one of the great things about public companies is you have this thing called profitability. It's pretty easy. To, it's maybe not easy to define to create because you have very complex multinational organizations in some cases. But at the end of the day, you have a number. And how does that number compare to the number that you had in this thing called a budget? How you get there can be different. So the first thing is this board CEO partnership. The second piece is assessing leadership teams and other teams alignment around the strengths and attributes that are required 
to accomplish the outcomes. And the third piece I get asked quite a bit, it goes back to the S and the TCPS, is our strategies. And you peel that onion back and there's a lot behind that. The first question I get into is value proposition. I ask, what do you think is your organization's UVP or unique value proposition? And they will say this. I then say, well, give me a a random sampling of 20 or 30 customers or members um, and allow me the opportunity to connect with them on my own and talk with them. So I'm assessing the team's alignment around strengths and attributes. I'm assessing the team's perspectives around UVP or unique value proposition. And then I assess the customer or member's perspective around this UVP and I compare the notes. And it's really shocking sometimes when you hear CEOs say, well, this, this, and this, but the team say that, that, and that, mm. so to speak, or the team say this things about their UVP and the customers are different. But that's where the strategy part is. So I, I'm going to call it fun because you're developing a game plan. It's kind of like with a family. You've got kids, or if you have kids, what's the game plan to grow those kids and develop them into future leaders for our economy and democracy and society. And I'm not going to go down the political path, but but developing plans are actually fun and executing those plans are super fun because you're learning all the time. And that's one of the pieces that, or one of the attributes that many leaders aspire to create with their teams, but don't have is this mindset of constant learning. And people think, gosh, I got enough work to do I got to write this. I got to draft that. I got to create this code. I don't have time, but you have to have a mindset that's like an umbrella that sits over your life. I haven't actually thought about in that context. An umbrella that sits over your life is called a learning journey. But anyway, there's a a lot behind that. Thanks for asking, Mark. Appreciate it. So what's the low-hanging fruit? What are you coming in and where can you make the most impact quickly when you walk into organizations? Well, there's typically three questions that I get. And and I I wish I could prioritize them, Mark, but they're kind of tied for first place. One is, how can we, how can you help us grow faster? That's one is just call it financial growth is question number one. Question number two is employee satisfaction and um, employee retention and employee motivation. And I'm not here to say I'm a CHRO expert. I'm not. I've been leading teams for 35 years. Now, it makes me sound old, and I'm not. But part of the thing that got me started on this whole people journey is I was in the Marine Corps when I was 22, when I graduated from college. And I spent five years in the Marines. And one of the things the military teaches you is to care genuinely about your people. Because in this thing called the military, it's called war, and you're preparing for war. And I'm not going to go down that path because it can be kind of ugly. But at the end of the day, you got to care about people. Um, So that's the second part is employee kind of motivation and stimulation and the retention. And the third part is around customer satisfaction, member satisfaction. So you got financial growth, employee growth, and then and then uh, customer retention and satisfaction and and engagement. Uh, Those are the three questions I typically get into, Mark. And I then step back and say, well, and again, I try to simplify because what I just laid out is a complex model. There's a lot to unpack there, but I step back and say, what are the goals you're trying to accomplish this year? And I want three goals, not 30 goals, not 10 goals. 
I want no more than three goals. And I try to come create a, a trifecta around those three goals. And they don't have to be financial. They can be non-financial as well. They can be qualitative as well as quantitative. But three goals that the entire company, large or small, public or private or nonprofit, can get their arms around and say, this is where we're heading. Whether it's a one-year, three-year, five-year, whatever the duration of that goal might be. Yeah, that's smart. So who's your ideal client? Who would benefit most from uh, your services? Yeah, I think a lot of clients, the ideal client that I work with is a professional services association who has lots of members. And I differentiate professional services associations from trade associations. Mm. There's a lot of trade associations, but they have, they're really focused on an industry and many trade associations focus on advocacy. Now, I'm not here to say that professional services associations don't focus on advocacy. They do in a lot of cases. But I'd say the, the first part, the first type of client that is attracted to what we do is, is the professional services associations. Trade association would be number two. And number three would be um, small and mid-sized private companies. And I, when I say small and mid-sized private companies, I'm excluding PE firms, PE-backed firms, because they have a much tighter time horizon, much shorter time horizon on buy to sell, and it's very more transactional. And they may not have the mindset of going through this TCPS model. They want to, I just want to execute, maximize the outcomes and sell tomorrow. Right, and they don't necessarily. And I'm not being negative. It's just no. And they they often model. have strategies, also, right? So. Exactly. It's, but your question around what's the the kind of the typical organization that we work with, and that would be uh, nonprofit professional service associations, uh, trade associations, and also small and medium sized businesses. Brilliant. This is this is really insightful. I love this TCPS. It just everybody I interview, every everybody that I I, I coach, all is working on every aspect of this and the way you succinctly put it makes it makes it easier to put a plan in on this complex issue. So that's great. If people well, want to Mark, I mean what what I always come back to is is running an organization is hard. You've got again you've got if you're the CEO, you've got a board, you've got vendors, you've got suppliers, you've got members, customers, you've got it's a hard job running an organization. And what I try to do is simplify the hard as much to the greatest degree possible. Mm. And to me, that's around starting with outcomes in mind and working backwards by taking care of your teams, your customers, your products, and your and your strategies in a, a kind of a rinse, wash, repeat manner. It's an ongoing with that learning mindset umbrella. Nice. We're going to put all this in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. But where where can people get in touch with you if they want more of you? Well, the easiest way to get in touch with me is call me because it's easier than the email, which I'll give you. And my phone number is 301-787-9700. That sounds like a business number and it is my business number, but it's a cell phone. So call me directly, 301-787-9700. And my email is hstever, so H-S-T-O-E. V-E-R. So it, Stever looks like when you look at it spelled out, it looks like Stoever, but it's so H-S-T-O-E-V-E-R at BrentwoodAdvisory.com. 
Perfect. And we're going to put that in the show notes so nobody has to figure out how to spell it. So that's awesome. I really appreciate this, Henry. I appreciate you bringing your expertise and your insights to the show. Mark, it's been a treat. Thank you so much. I should have said it's been fun because that's the third thing I said. I always want to wrap it up and have fun. I enjoy and it. And we'll, and we'll see you at the next AEG happy hour where the, the, the incredible chef puts brings all his food. It's pretty great. But thank you for Absolutely. doing this. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Mark. Have to everybody else, I appreciate your time and attention more than you know. I love you a ton. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you for joining today's conversation. If you got value, please share the episode, give us a thumbs up, write us a review. And if there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a question that you have, send them my way. Look forward to connecting on the next episode of the Rising Leader Podcast.